Hey everyone, this is Sam Kern. So the last episode of Radically Different featured Mike Savas, who spoke about life on the go. But that interview was recorded in October of 2019, so way before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Uh, and I've been meaning to do a little update with him to see how his life has been affected by all of this. Coincidentally, Mike was actually in Montana this past weekend, which is where I am for the summer. Uh, so we met up in person and spent the weekend at a cabin in the woods with his friend and his friend's adorable dog, Rocket. Rocket, you want to be in a podcast? What do you think, Rocket? Oh, God! <laughs> no, drop it. That is the sound of Rocket biting my windscreen off my microphone. It does look totally like a toy. <laughs> but anyway, um, in this brief update, we chat about how Mike's life on the go has been affected by COVID-19. Uh, we talk about the environmental considerations of flying so much, which is something I wish I'd brought up in our previous interview. And I get Mike's perspective on the future of border crossings and how air travel might be affected after this pandemic. All right. Oh, this is good. We're nice and cozy next mm-hmm. to each other. Get passing COVID left and right. Here we are. <laughs> we're not socially distant right now. <laughs> I would say we're zero feet apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're literally touching knees. <laughs> awesome. So, Mike, we recorded our conversation. I should know this, but I don't even know. It was like back in October yeah, or something. I think, I think so. Yeah, October. Yeah. So, obviously, back in October, this was before the COVID pandemic hit. Um. I just wanted to follow up with you because now we're into, what, June? June of 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously a lot has changed in the world. And um, your lifestyle, you know, a life on the go is obviously quite dependent on being able to move freely between borders uh, and get on planes. So I'm curious, how how has your life changed since we last spoke? Well, it went from 100 to zero real quick. <laughs> the opposite of famous rap songs. Um, every account I had has been scrapped from the books, whereas April uh, through August was, was pretty well stacked up, and I had accounts all the way through December of next year. I currently have, call it 10 to 12 accounts. Um, I have two left on record, which will likely get pushed uh, to 2021, if not canceled. So whereas 2020 was going to be my busiest year ever, it went from my busiest year ever to my slowest year ever. Uh, but that's all good. That's just the way things are. So right now, you know, in June, things are, are slowly getting a little bit, uh, getting a little more clarity around what the event space will look like, what the gig economy will look like, what hospitality and tourism may look like. Uh, we're seeing, uh, from my perspective, a sharp increase in domestic travel across all borders. Uh, there's various websites which, which talk about that. So I think people are still wanting to get out of the house, still wanting to travel, uh, but they're just doing so safely and in areas that don't necessarily require flights or, or confinement of spaces. So now that summer is hitting, the, the weather's warming up, um, you're starting to get a sense of what that could look like. And for you personally, as someone who you know is constantly typically on the go, you know, when we spoke, you were, you were saying you, for the most part, you kind of bounce around you know, every week. Um, how, has this, um, how has this sort of, has this changed your, your philosophy or your approach moving, moving forward in terms of how much you, you move around? Well, look, like everyone else during quarantine, uh, I, I sat still for about two months. Um, I, I got on my first flight post-COVID. What was it? I went from Florida to Los Angeles uh, about two weeks ago now, so early June, late May, 
Um, and the planes were about 50% full. Uh, now I am uh, getting on, on uh, my travel has <clears throat> resumed to some degree, not as robust as it used to be. And, you know, it's certainly taken a different shape and color uh, as to why I'm traveling and where I'm traveling um, and, and the purpose behind it. It, it isn't particularly uh, frivolous um, and, just, and just whimsical. So there, there's intention behind each of these uh, segments I'm taking. Uh, but... Like anyone else, there's been a reset button. You're reevaluating things and planning for the future. So yes, while my my present time lifestyle has certainly changed, does it affect the long term long term trajectory? And I would be lying if I said I haven't had to reevaluate purpose planning, prioritization, like why I'm doing the things I'm doing, how I'm going about them. So the next two months uh, or six weeks now, I'm taking to evaluate different business opportunities and decide which ones make the most sense to move forward rather than just continuing course because as we've um, seen, the course that you may have planned uh, has hit a wall. So is the choice to continue forward with what you had previously created or do you pivot altogether or just uh, slightly? So for me, it's it's just analyze the data, analyzing the data out there, taking the various meetings, seeing the opportunities, and then sitting down as a blank canvas and going, okay, well, what do I want the next? Um, I, I won't even say 10 or 20 years to look like because I believe in short-term projects, short-term plans, because uh, again, you don't know what's going to happen. So what does the next year to two look like maybe five years at, at maximum. What do I want to achieve? What do I want to accomplish? Hmm. So this is um, this is something that I've kind of wrestled with a little bit on more of a kind of just a personal level, personal level and it's been a little bit of like a, kind of a moral dilemma is, you know, obviously both you and I really like to, to travel and move and, and get on flights. Um, just from an environmental standpoint, like the the CO2 emissions of planes is massive. And this is something I kind of wish I had asked in our first interview, just because I think it's always important to, to talk about like the pros and cons of every lifestyle. Um, is that something that you think about? And, and, and if so, how have you kind of framed that in your mind? Because like for me, you know, it's like there's ways that I can reduce my environmental impact. And flying is one of the ones where I'm like, I, you know, I can, I can minimize flights, sort of frivolous flights if, if you know, when I can, but I, 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 it's something that I really value is travel. And so it's something like I'm kind of not willing to give up in a way. Mm-hmm. Have you, do you think about that? Certainly more more recently as it's come to, to hit the media and there's been stories about it. And there's even a term in Swedish where there's like flight shaming. Mm. Um, I forget what the word is. But that that's becoming more of a thing, whereas, you know, travel used to be considered really cool and really, uh, you know, uh, you were very privileged to do it now. Uh, not that people are, 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 are shaming me or, or this hasn't reached, yeah. a, I would say, a, a, ma- a tipping scale point yet, but you see the seeds of it. So, you know, in four or five years, do I see people being judged for frivolous travel? Maybe to some degree, uh, specifically in more progressive countries. Um, on my day-to-day, I, do, I don't think about, like, how many emissions is this flight going to cost me? Um, on the grandiose scale, you know, I think you have to look at the aggregate. You know, I don't own a car. Um, so vice versa, are my emissions higher than someone else's? Pro- probably, but honestly, I don't know. Um, and then I think it's, it's yes, taking personal responsibility, but also 
for me, it's larger than that. It's like, what businesses are you creating and, and what are the mass impact uh, that you're doing at scale? So whereas flights is just one very small aspect of a person's aggregate CO2 emissions total, what else are they consuming? Um, what businesses are they supporting and what businesses and, and, and ways of life are they perpetuating um, in society? So personally, yeah. definitely not perfect with all this stuff. Um, and, and as more information comes out, you, you adjust course. Um, and I do believe that, that there are, you know, there are some lighter than air flight options coming out. They're not broad scale and commercial in the sense of like, you can't go transatlantic yet with 300 passengers. So like a, like a, like a plane that doesn't use. Yeah. Yes. So I have some friends working on that, but you know, they're 14 passengers, um, doing leisure travel. But I think in the coming decades, we'll start seeing better options out there. And hopefully the, the, uh, airline economies, uh, have used this time to reevaluate their plans too, and maybe they could take a break. And okay, well, we're not ordering any planes for the next six months. Maybe we could put money into R and D. So you hope that they've pivoted, and this will cause uh, either uh, probably a constriction of the industry, and maybe some um, new technologies being formed. I don't know if you if if you know much about this or if you have an opinion. Do you have a sense of of what it's going to look like to move through borders in the future, and also like what what air travel might look like in the future? Well, right now you're seeing what I'm seeing is flights are getting more expensive because there's less options. So supply and demand has shifted uh, going through borders. It's going to be country dependent. I mean, like Australia, from what I understand, has shut down its borders through the end of the year entirely. Um, so countries will have more restrictions. Um, you have to pay close attention to where you're coming from and where you're going to, what passport you have, what visa you have. Um I think temperature checks will become fairly regular. Um, I mean, I saw this a decade ago in Greece. Um, they did thermal detection scans for everyone, but it was it was like using a machine rather than the handheld. Hmm. So they'll probably implement those across the board. Um, I don't know if we'll have to, to prove vaccines in most countries, but, you know, the, the countries that are, again, very progressive uh Western European, you know, maybe maybe like the Scandinavian bloc and, and the Austrias and Germanys of the world, maybe they require you to show that you have uh, the vaccine or that you don't have it at the very least. Um, so it'll, it'll shift things for sure. And that's why I think uh, one of the things you and I were talking about was uh, why a second passport might be so valuable in times like these to give you more freedom and, and mm. more options as a plan B. Mm. Awesome. Well, Mike, so good to catch up with you. And... Um... Yeah, looking forward to, to chatting more in the future. <laughs> Wherever we'll be, yes, sir. <laughs> in addition to this update, I had Mike walk me through a few of his more sophisticated travel hacks, including how to obtain a second passport to another country and all of the amazing advantages of doing this, uh, how to open a bank account in a foreign country and when this makes sense, and how to move money between countries with the smallest amount of fees. You can find these conversations embedded within the show notes of this episode. I'll put a link to that in the description. As always, if you have feedback on the show or you just want to get in touch, uh, you can find me at radicallydifferentpodcast.com or on Facebook and Instagram at radicallydifferentpodcast. All right, until next time.